Topics that concern your life, your community, and your safety. This is 5-0-Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Here's what you need to know. All right, good morning. Welcome to another edition of the 5-0 Show. I'm Sergeant Steve Ream with Silent Witness from Phoenix Police. Today, joined by our producer, Ed. Again, thanks for always doing this show. And thank you to Bonneville for the time every week on uh, that you give us to talk about Silent Witness and the 5-0 show and speak with officers every day. And I'd like to uh, mention that we don't want to forget about Silent Witness. If you have any information on an unsolved felony, you can call Silent Witness at 480-WITNESS or go on our website at silentwitness.org, and you may be eligible for reward. All right, today I'm joined by two special guests that I've known a long time and are very special to me from the police department, uh, Lieutenant James Hester and Lieutenant Lois Weiss. Nice to see you, Steve. Thanks for having us. Nice to see you, Steve. Thank you again for having us. Yeah, so both of you guys have a really extensive career that's interesting. We both met different ways. James, I met you when I was a sergeant. You trained me in the Violent Crimes Bureau as an assault detective sergeant. Lois, I met when we were in patrol sergeants. You were brand new. I had been there for a short amount of time. Knew barely anything more than you did about supervising. Um, but James, you want to start us out in uh, your where you grew up and how you ended up at Phoenix Police? Yes, that, that's great. So uh, originally my family is from uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So I was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And uh, as the story goes from my parents, when... My father was worked for U.S. Steel on the railroad, and when all the jobs started getting shipped shipped overseas, there was no there was no jobs. So um, my uncle was in uh, the Vietnam War with a subject who lived out here, a, a Phoenix firefighter who owned a company, and so they this gentleman who I lovingly referred to as Uncle Bob asked my father if he wanted to come out and work. So that's that's what relocated my family out here to Arizona. So we. Settled in Maryvale, the West Phoenix area, and I went to Catholic schools. So both grade school and high school, I went to Catholic school. And then when I graduated, I went to the University of Arizona. And I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, but I had an inkling for law enforcement. But I I just wasn't sure where that would go. So, But your your degree, I know what your degree is and you want to talk about it, is completely off to me what law enforcement is and – it surprised me when I found out what it was that you're now in law enforcement. So talk about that. So, yes. Um, so I have a degree in biochemistry from the University of Arizona. And, yes, that doesn't necessarily appear yeah. that those two would you guys heard go that hand right. in hand. Biochemistry. However, uh, for those of us that were kids in the 90s and we watched movies, uh, The Rock was a very popular movie for me with Nicolas Cage. Okay. Nicolas Cage was a biochemist working for the FBI. So I thought, well, you know what? I'm not going to ever be a banker, but if I can be a scientist, then maybe I can work for the FBI one day. So while I was going to college, I happened to uh, be working at uh, in a tech company. A part-time. Yeah, which tech company was that? <laughs> well, any of you that received the thousands and thousands of free CDs in your mail, I worked at America Online, and uh, their East, their West Coast headquarters were in Tucson, Arizona at the time, and it was a, it was a phenomenal experience. But one of the uh, people that I worked with, her husband was a Tucson police officer, and 
it was the first time outside of my family that lives in Pittsburgh where I've engaged with a law enforcement officer as a human being. And it was very surprising to me. I, I didn't I, – I was surprised at how personable and human it was, human this officer was. And so once, once I got to know him and realized that, hey, you can be a, a normal human living in this world and be a police officer and still be kind – I decided that I wanted to become a police officer, but then the question is, where do you go? And I had no idea. I, I I thought about staying in Tucson, but my family lived in Phoenix, so I decided I was going to move back to Phoenix and apply for two jurisdictions. I applied for the Maricopa County Sheriff's Department. I applied for the Phoenix Police Department. And the Phoenix Police Department is the first agency that picked me up, and it's it's been a blessing ever since. That's great. And how long have you been on with the Phoenix Police Department now? 21 years. So I've been with the city. Uh, my sworn date's in June, but I've been with the city since February of 2001. I was in field training when September 11th happened. Wow. Talk about that. So you were you were a police officer during September 11th. You were in training, so you're new on the job. Where were you when you found out about the towers? Well, uh, everybody has their 9-11 story, and I, I, I question – whether anybody alive today can't immediately recall exactly where they were when something as crazy as September 11th happened. As law enforcement, it was it was a lot stranger because although I'm a sworn police officer at the time, I'm in training, which means I don't really know anything. I just know what my field training officer who was in charge of me uh, was able to tell me what to do. But as far as understanding the very complex dynamics of what was going on around us, I, it, I was completely in the blind. However... So I woke up that morning like any other. I was in training. I worked second shift. I turned on the television, and I see the first building on fire. And my first call was to the the police precinct where I was working, and I asked them, hey, uh, am I supposed to be coming into work right now, or what am I supposed to be doing? And their answer was, stick by your phone. I go, you got it. So this was the age where you know I could have had a pager, but there was no such thing as cell phones that were readily available. So I sat in my little apartment watching the television, was able to watch the second tower get struck live, and I sat there all day until I actually went into work. And that was uh, quite a surreal experience for sure. No, thanks for sharing that because exactly what you said, I'm always – I like to ask people where they were, if they were alive at that time, and they remember what they did. Because exactly what you said, no one forgets where they were when they found out what happened. Exactly. So wouldn't want, you know, we'll never forget. Um, and now you're currently assigned to where? So I, I currently work in the Violent Crimes Bureau of the Phoenix Police Department. I have a, a, a pretty diverse set of investigative responsibilities. We investigate all manner of shooting, stabbing, serious bodily injuries, but we also investigate bias crimes, which are commonly referred to as hate crimes, school crimes. Uh, we're in charge of digital forensics, which is all the electronics that are that go into investigations in order to make them bulletproof. And then I also uh, am in charge of the Crime Gun Intelligence Unit, which is our crime gun unit here in the city of Phoenix. Oh, that's great. That's quite a lot of things that you're supervising and leading over. I'm very fortunate. That's great. Now, now, Lois, you want to tell us where you grew up and how you got into law enforcement? Uh, yes, I am from the south side of Chicago. Uh, my parents uh, actually met in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's where my brother was born. Um, and then we ended up moving out to Ohio, Indiana, and then we wound up in Chicago. Um and I love the city of Chicago. Uh, it was very uh, diverse, uh, very industrial, 
and the people there are salt of the earth. And uh, I still go back uh, every year, and I still consider myself a Chicago uh, girl uh, at heart. Uh, When I was very young, probably around the age of uh, six or seven, I had a significant event happen. Um, which really led me in the direction of law enforcement. And then I had another event happen about two and a half, three years later. So that first event, um, I was in our living room watching TV, and a man named John Wayne Gacy uh, was taken into custody. Um, He was um, one of our most uh, prolific serial killers in in the history of the United States at that time, um, where he uh, systematically murdered over 30 uh, young males. And he was taken into custody in his hometown, I believe it displays Illinois. So um, Bill Curtis was the news anchor. We were watching on WGN, and I still associated the police as being angels that were taking him into custody, and he was like the devil. So that really stuck with me. Uh, a couple of years went by, and um, the disappearance of Adam Walsh uh, came out, where he was compromised at a uh, department store in Florida um, under the uh, the eye of his mother and um, just an insidious individual uh, came upon Adam and ultimately took him and took his life. Um, so that really uh, stayed with me because he was uh, he was young, a little boy at that time. So since I was little, I've had um, just an innate uh, passion for wanting to go into law enforcement, so much so that um, once I finished um, you know, high school, I went to the University of Illinois at Chicago and I pursued Uh, my bachelor's where I majored in criminal justice and I minored in political science. And we had a a thesis that we did on recidivism. And, um, you know, we were looking at the top 10 crimes where criminals will be most most recidivistic in nature once they're released. And um, I do believe uh, that homicide was either the number two or the number three spot. Um, I was planning on going for the Chicago Police Department. I also had put in my application and resume uh, to the FBI. And um, I had a couple of friends that were attending ASU at that time while I was still at the University of Chicago. So I came out here for a vacation and I absolutely um, fell in love with Phoenix, Arizona, fell in love with the landscape and the weather. And um, I joined the Phoenix Police Department in 1994. And and how you came out here is kind of interesting, right? Didn't you apply with a friend to the police department? I did. I did apply with. Um, she is now retired. Uh, she retired as a sergeant with uh, Sergeant Marlene Miller. Um, we were students at the University of Illinois Chicago at that time, and uh, we moved out here together. You know, taking a road trip, and she. Uh, was one class, I believe one class ahead of me, and uh, she did a phenomenal job, retired here after, uh, you know, after 20 years of exemplary service. That's great. And have you met John Walsh? I have. Uh, It's uh, very uh, fortuitous um, how that worked out. Um, It was so uh, crazy to me. So he came out... um, I want to say it was in 2004 or 2005 because I spent a large part of my career uh, in homicide. And he actually filmed um, one of our cases. And, and that's for America's Most Wanted, That right? is when he when he owned America's Most Wanted. He's just 
just an amazing human being just taking something so tragic and uh, turning it into something so positive. So that was very surreal for me. That's great. You know, thanks thanks for all your service years. How many years now have you been with Phoenix PD total? Um, it has been um, almost 28 years with Phoenix wow. PD. That's yes. great. And how many years in the Violent Crimes Bureau? You know, all put together, um, I would say... I believe 14 or 15 wow. years altogether in the Violent Crimes Bureau. So kind of to wrap it up here, what would you want your legacy to be remembered here personally and professionally when you leave? Um, you know, my my legacy personally and professionally, I think both are connected um, as one. Uh, I would want to be remembered for being a very selfless, uh, hardworking, empathetic and mindful individual that, you know, loved, you know, her, loved her organization and loved the personnel in it uh, just as much as the citizens, because I still believe in the, in the nobility of policing. It's an honorable job and it's a phenomenal organization to work for. Nice. Thanks. And James, what would you want to be remembered? Yeah. So if, if I'm trying to be, if I'm trying to internalize the question, I'm not really in my own brain, legacy building is, is not really something that I want that I think is appropriate. However, um, I I am a city of Phoenix resident. I live in the city. I work in the city. If it wasn't for the city of Phoenix, I wouldn't have met my wife. I wouldn't have had my children. So, I, I think my legacy is very similar to Lois's. Where you know I I want to be remembered as being someone who is dedicated, hardworking, passionate, and uh, just a good person. I, I think that's really what it is. We all come into law enforcement because we want to be good people. We want to help our community, and I think that's the way to go. That's great. Thanks, both of you, for being here on the show. I want to remind everybody about Silent Witness at 480 Witness and silentwitness.org if they have any information on an unsolved felony that occurred in Maricopa County. Thanks to Bonneville for this time, and thanks, Ed, again, for producing this show. I appreciate all the time that you give to the Phoenix Police Department. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to 50 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. For more about Silent Witness, go to silentwitness.org. That's silentwitness.org. Or call 480-WITNESS. That's 480-948-6377.